Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey guys, thanks for coming back to Soul Sisters. Jesse Katz here, holding down the fort. Uh, doing a little intro by myself. My co-host Dara Golub is not here to chat with me at this moment, but she is featured on this episode along with our guest today, Lindsay Sterling. Um, Lindsay is perhaps the most multi-hyphenate artist that we've ever had on the show, and she has a new documentary that is hitting YouTube Red today, the same day this episode is posting. Um, so all fans of Lindsay's or fans of violin or fans of dancing or fans of acting or singing or electronic music, classical music, rock music, pop music, um, I'm trying to think of... Uh, let's see. I mean, Lindsay truly does it all. Her music and her performances cover all genres of performance and music. And uh, there was so much to talk to her about on this episode. We tried to fit it all in. Uh, we know she has a crazy fan base. So we hope that we did you guys proud. Um, her documentary looks amazing and gripping, and she really takes you behind the scenes of her life and her tour that she's been on promoting her new album, Brave Enough. Um, so she tells us about all of that and takes us all the way back to the beginning to tell us how she became this insanely versatile performer that she is today. So... We hope you enjoy this episode. Also, we have a special treat for you. We actually filmed this conversation with Lindsay. She came into the Billboard office and sat down with us in our comfy, cozy little archive library where we record our episodes now. Um, if you if you look around on the video, you'll see old issues of Billboard. We are surrounded by volumes that go back to the early 1900s. So it's a very special little intimate space. And uh, it's always fun to have artists come in here and they like to flip through the books and and look way back to the old days, um, decades that predate them, and see what was on the charts, you know, many, many years ago. It's just surrounded by history. It's fun. Anyway, so hope you guys enjoy that video. It'll be up on Billboard's YouTube page. Check it out there or listen to this podcast. If, uh, if that's what you're doing now, you should continue and continue to listen to it on your uh, on your way to work or however you consume podcasts. Also, be sure to subscribe to Soul Sisters on iTunes if you haven't already so you can catch up on old episodes and new episodes. We're out every week, guys, and uh, just are blessed with awesome, awesome artists every week. I can't believe I just said blessed, but if anything would ever make me say blessed, it is this podcast. All right, um, enough about me, enough about the podcast. Let's get to Lindsay Sterling. All right, should we chat? Yeah, Lindsay Sterling. <laughs> welcome to Billboard, or welcome back to Billboard, I should say, because you have hung out with us before and I think are still our most viewed Facebook Live performer <gasps> of all time. 
comes up really? a lot. No way. Isn't that surprising? I, I kind of am shocked, but they, that's yeah. awesome. No, like constantly we have meetings where we go over recent numbers and know how did this performance do, how did that video do, and we're always like, well, it's no Lindsay Sterling, but it did okay. <laughs> yes. yes. The oh, gold standard. That's gold amazing. Standard. I'm the gold standard. Oh, my gosh. You are. Um, I mean, it's not that surprising if you look at the rest of your, you know, internet statistics. They're pretty impressive. But, but for Facebook Live, it's probably a new thing. Not that it wouldn't translate, but it's like a new thing no, that yeah. you're now like dominating. And your people yeah. just immediately followed you there. You know what? Those Sterlingites, <laughs> that's what they've called themselves. Is that their name? Okay. You know, because fans like pick their own name. Sure. You can't name your fans. It's not like that. <laughs> and they, so my Sterlingites, they're awesome and so loyal and just... I mean, uber supportive. I yeah. I feel so lucky that I have like the sweetest and most you know loving fan base. I'm curious what that if you can lump them if there is like a fan base that you could say there they what age or what what are what because oh, you, because your music is so genreless right you know which is like such an exhilarating unusual thing uh-huh. that that you or, can really or I would say it crosses all genres it's okay, the opposite okay. of genreless okay <laughs> every genre <laughs> thank you right more more aptly put but so who is the audience or is it one is are they can you say that they're kind of like one type of person or you know, obviously thing not that but. I love I think the most about my fan base is that they really don't fit it kind of like my music they don't fit into a category and mm-hmm. I didn't even realize it as much until I started touring and literally in a you know in the front row you'll see a little girl in like a tutu who's super excited and she's dressed up like you know like one of my videos and then you'll see an elderly couple on the other side and then there's these like heavy metal guys in like trench coats that are like they love they're like she shreds on the violin and then you've got your gamer nerds it's I mean <laughs> then the kids that love dubstep so it's, it's really like, crazy and I, I love that, that, yeah, that I don't know like, what else like your that? fans within the industry are the same way like if you look at the people who are featured on your last album mm-hmm. I mean it's like Christina Perry Rivers Cuomo Zed produced a track right Right, like right. All over right. the spectrum of people within the industry who seem to be fans of yours. Which was one of my goals in writing the album was I want to get like some taste from almost every genre. Like Dan and Shay, I wanted a little tiny sneak of country. I wanted, you know, a little bit of Christina Perry songs, uh, songwriter, yeah. singer songwriter type thing. And, uh-huh. you know, I just wanted to dabble, you know, even getting a rapper on the album and kind of showcasing that, like, that's part of the fun of music is that you can you can cross pollinate with art and mm-hmm. make it really unique collabs that maybe wouldn't normally be thought of. Yeah. Yeah. What do you listen to? <laughs> oh man. I mean, I I do love EDM music. Yeah. It, I that's your jam. Just, that's my jam. Okay. Like it just gets me in such a good mood when I'm driving or like I'm such a white girl and I don't have a ton <laughs> of like swag. So that's the kind of that's like the I only think you're music. Sterlingites would beg to differ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you definitely have swag on stage. Oh, yeah. Well thank you. It's but it's like EDM music is like one of the music I can dance to. If you give me something super like chill and cool I look like a string bean and so <laughs> hence why I, but I mean I love all types of music I, uh-huh. I love listening to classical or movie soundtracks um, Michael Buble is my like oh my man crush Monday every every day but you know so I have very eclectic taste um, Paramore is one of my favorite bands yeah um, but yeah what about growing up 
was it EDM as well? Like, what was your influence? Yeah, was well, EDM wasn't even a. It wasn't thing. a thing yeah. really. I remember there was a techno station that was really fuzzy in Arizona in Gilbert, Arizona, <laughs> and uh, I would try to tune into that. But uh-huh. you know, that was my first introduction to electronic music. Because yeah, like house wasn't. Right. It wasn't popular, especially like you know I was kind of in the podunks of like Gilbert. Right. Um, but. I was, you know, a huge Avril Lavigne fan in high school. Skater Boy was my jam. I wanted to be Avril. Like, I had a poster on my wall. Um, Evanescent. So I was very, like, rock. Mm -hmm. Um, Rivers Cuomo. It was so cool to have him on the album because I was a huge Weezer fan. Like, my band in high school wanted to, like, emulate that sound that they created. Really? that and um, same with Andrew McMahon. I listened to something corporate, so uh-huh. that was really fun on this album to you know try not to geek out as I'm in the studio with some of my like idols from especially like yeah. those formative years when I'm like falling in love with music. Totally. Yeah. So what did you? I'm assuming you learned classical originally. Yes. Right? For I, 15 minutes a, a lesson, I read at one yes. point. Is that is that accurate? That's true. Um, <laughs> my parents, you know, just like most parents starting a family, they didn't have. Hardly any money. We were growing. I grew up in Santa Ana when I was a kid, uh-huh. and um, yeah, they couldn't afford full lessons. And so what they did was they found a college student that was willing to teach me for fifteen minutes a week, which no one else would do because they're like, you can't learn. Like a child, a six year old will not be able to retain yeah. fifteen minutes of a lesson. Like it needs to be at least a half hour. But she did it, and you know, it stuck somehow. You must what have gone it? home and practiced a ton yeah. for that to stick, yeah, right? So. I mean, that was kind of the deal, is I begged for lessons, so it wasn't like my parents were shoving it down my throat. I begged for the lessons, and they were like, okay, if you want these lessons, you, you know, to prove it to us, you gotta practice. And so it was kind of my way of earning those lessons was yeah. showing my parents, okay, I practiced. Did like, you beg for violin, specifically? Yeah. I did. Strange Where child. Where did that come yeah. from? Strange little girl. <laughs> Uh, well, my parents love classical music, and uh-huh. when I was little, they would take me to orchestra concerts. And and if you go to an, a classical orchestra concert, the concert violinist always comes out at the beginning of the show, and they tune the whole orchestra, and they stand mm-hmm. up there, they get the solos. If there is a soloist, it's usually like a violinist wearing a beautiful red dress. And so in my mind, the same way you know parents take their kids to like Taylor Swift concerts or mm-hmm. show them YouTube videos now, it's like that was my exposure to performance and so I was like if I want to be a mm. performer obviously I gotta have the violin like and because it was performer you had in your head I mean it seems like you've always been an artist of all sorts so you were like yeah. you started dance as a young kid too right and always have had aspirations of just not just music right but you've always combined these things as long mm. as we've known you yeah filmmaking music dance I mean but perform being a performer was like a goal. I think so. I mean, as a child, I've I had like center stage syndrome. You know, I okay. always wanted to put on a show, and I would get like the neighborhood kids around, and we'd like make a little play. And you know, mm-hmm. I've always just loved I think entertaining. Okay, and so that's why. So you, you know, weren't like a wallflower who came alive <laughs> on stage. You were like the girl in the room who's like, "Hey guys, watch me." Here oh, so sadly, yes, I was that girl. Like, <laughs> like always wanting to perform or do something. And do you have siblings? I do. I have, I'm one of five. Wow. And so, what, where do you fall in the pecking order? Um, I am second oldest. Okay. Okay. So, so was it a humor, was it a, a big family of, of laughs and performance? Was everyone involved in these things or was it kind and of like you you're fighting to charge? get the attention? Yeah. There's so many of you. In a way, I think that's part of where I get it is, you know, when you get 
lumped in the middle of yeah. the family a little bit, you know? Um, you're just like, look at me, look at me, look at me. I, I deserve attention, too. Um, and I remember we just had a really great neighborhood we lived in with lots of kids. And, I mean, the Ray family across the street had 11 kids. And so wow. we would get them to be involved in our shenanigans and everything from little talent shows where we would pass out flyers for the neighborhood and like sell tickets for a dollar. Like we were little entrepreneurs slash performers in the neighborhood. Uh And you know, it made like my childhood so magical, like having that. Yeah. Amazing. I I mean, that's why, did you take dance at that time as well? Like were you actively pursuing all of these things or no actually so when I was begging for violin lessons simultaneously I begged for dance lessons and that was so my mom took me to a violin lesson and she took me to a dance class and it was like you have to choose and I chose the violin and really didn't do much with dance until I was in my 20s and then I was like I really want to perform I don't want to just you know I don't want to just impress people I wanted Mm -hmm. to I wanted to entertain and make it unique and so I started teaching myself to dance so when well I was just wondering when you started when did you start breaking out of the classical music thing when did you start incorporating other stuff when were you like and now I'm gonna have a band that sounds like Weezer (laughs) yeah right yeah Uh, well in high school um you know I joined a a rock band of some friends you know Uh I was like I'm gonna sneak my way into this band because you know one the boys in it were really cute Uh and I had a crush on all of them and so I was like I'm gonna use my violin to get me some boys first time oh yeah you're like I'm not gonna be a groupie I'm gonna be in the band you know what I was a smart girl in just a few ways and that was one of them um yeah they're like like, oh you play violin you can't be in our rock band and I was like, yes, yeah, I can. Um, but, well, it's funny also. It's like, I can't, I don't know how to talk to them, but I could at least, you know. <laughs> I was so, like, awkward with boys. So I was like, but if I can be in their band, uh-huh. you know, I'll, I'll infiltrate my way in. So it was all dudes and you? All dudes and me, yeah. Stomp That's on awesome. Melvin. Woohoo! Thanks, guys. We're still friends Shout of mine until this day. Nice. Um, I'm sure they thought that was pretty hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as hot as an awkward, like, 16-year-old girl. Everyone's awkward when they're right? 16. Right, exactly. You look back, even the cool kids were awkward. Yes, definitely. Believe that, kid. It's true. True. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I started to, like, kind of dabble in it then. And it was when I went to college. I was actually about to go to college for music and study mm-hmm. and major in performance. And all of a sudden, that was a time when I just realized... I don't love this anymore. Like I didn't, I'd been so burnt out by this classical regiment that works great for some people, but I'm so much more, I just, I'd been, I realized I've been playing music that was written hundreds of years ago, playing it the same exact way that everybody, Mm -hmm. like you put, if she gets put in front of you, you play it. And I, so I started kind of, I decided to go in a different direction, didn't study music, actually ended up studying film. And I was like, I'm going to just make violin fun. I'm not going to quit. So I went on this search to kind of find my passion. I started playing with all sorts of different groups, be it country, be it indie rock, started dabbling in electronic music. And through this, like, search, that's why my music is so eclectic is because I really just went on this random search trying different things until I found what I was like, I love to write. I love to create. And I, you know, I suddenly got this vision of this weird dancing. And that's why I started to teach myself to dance. Wow, awesome. What did you do with the filmmaking? And what was your vision for that? Oh, well, along with, you know, put, like loving to do little plays and, you know, perform yeah. that way, I loved video. I fell in love with video editing in high school. I took oh. a little video editing class. What was the software that you were using then? Oh, well, stars and editors. You know, it's funny. I don't think anyone's ever heard of it. I used this little program first called Rex Edit. It was like way back in the day oh. before editing software was like, on Accessible everybody's laptop. Everybody, right. I mean, it was this 
little program that was very like not good and crude and you yeah. know. But yeah, what I, would you film? Like you had a little camcorder and you had a little camcorder and then I'd I'd hook it up. I mean, super gadgety, like nerdy. I would hook it up to this VCR that would then hook into the computer so I could press play and record these little tapes onto my computer and in Rex edit. And then I used a program called Edius later. Okay. Again, no one's ever heard. Nope. I don't know if <laughs> I was the only one that ever used these because nobody's ever heard of them. Um, now I use Premiere and, okay, and yes. um, Final Cut okay. mostly, but... What, did you make hilarious videos of oh yourself gosh. the way that you do now still? <laughs> um, they're, they are hilarious. Where are those early videos? Oh, they're, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're in my computer. They're, <laughs> they're crazy. The funny thing is we would take it so seriously. And, like, the first video I did was to Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy. And me and my friends made this, nice. you know, music video pretending to play the guitar and, like, lip syncing. Taking it way too seriously. <laughs> but, like, we loved this. And so, you know, I remember we tried to make, like, a... I, tried in my backyard to use like fire to make special effects like an aerosol spray can to like you know in front of a green screen that I created I mean I was all out trying to be like a filmmaker yeah Um, so I went to college hoping to be a director and then ended up kind of the back route like I direct some of my own music videos now and so it's like I took the back road into directing right I mean I would say it's more it's it's such an integral part of your artistry now is right clearly the videos that Uh YouTube you know is such a an important part and I'm even curious how that feels differently touring because it seems like that kind of art that filmmaking is or maybe I'm reading into it but is a part of what is most exciting about the work but maybe I don't know what is most exciting um you mean from a creation standpoint you know yeah from going yeah from a creation oh I love making the videos it is such a part of the whole art for me like even when I'm writing, a lot of times, if I'm having a hard time coming up with a melody or something, a lot of my songs are like kind of spin out of a video idea. That's, mm. I was wondering yeah. that, was especially with this new video. I was thinking, like, did this come first? You the know, did the concept the or no? The movie. We're talking about the one where you're like in the. Uh, it's like Game of Thronesy. What was that? Oh, the arena. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, is that not as new? Sorry. No. It's new. <laughs> they're all new-ish. Right, right. No, they're all floating there on the internet. <laughs> but I sort of, I don't know what made me just be like this. I, I wonder if you just imagined this and then came up with a melody right. or something from it. But that does sometimes happen. That one, Yeah, that was one where I went in. I actually had a quote um, that I went into the studio with. And I was like, the quote was called The Arena. And I told the producers, I love this quote, and it's about, it's not the critic who counts. The, you know, the only opinion that matters is the one who actually is in the arena fighting the fight and falling down and getting scraped. It's this, I'm butchering it, but it's an amazing <laughs> quote. quote. Um, it's at the beginning of the video. Um, and so, yeah, I was like, so imagine, like, what it feels like if it was going to be, like, stepping into the arena. And that's where the whole, but a lot of my songs, like, um, on this album actually came from the video idea first and a concept. And then it's almost like I'm, and the producer is always are like super into it. They're like, oh, sweet. You know, it gives us something to work with, a palette. And, uh-huh. um, but yeah, I love making the videos. It's what makes me, like, I feel like writing the song is like we're dating. I'm dating the song and we're seeing if we like each other. And then, you know, I decide to put on the album. Then we're getting serious. But then, like, I fall in love with the song once I make it into a video because it becomes a story. It becomes, you know, t- I feel like it becomes tangible for both me and my audience. And, yeah. Yeah. So I feel like we've gotten a taste of what early performer you was like and a little bit of what you're like now. So I just want to, like, connect the dots because there's a uh-huh. little bit of confusion about what what helped you break out? Was it America's Got Talent or was it YouTube or was it because the former led to the latter? 
Like, how exactly did that all go yeah. down for you? Well, I was, you know, the struggling artist, you know, playing, sleeping in my car, like sleeping yeah. in airports, trying to like figure out how can I make this work. And I was what getting... were you actually? Sorry, what were you actually doing as a musician oh, at that right. time? Like important part. <laughs> <laughs> so I was... hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to sleeping in the car. Yeah. It's tough. <laughs> I found this agency that was able to get me like college gigs. Okay. And so I was flying around the country while in college, like when I would have, you know, oh, wow. weekends. Where did you go to school? Uh, BYU. Okay. In Utah. Okay. <clears throat> And so I would, like, on weekends, fly out to some random college in a mm -hmm. different state, do the gig, and basically I was saving all the money I could so that I could put it into creating more music. Not more music videos. It no. It was not about that yet. Right. It was this studying filmmaking yet, working as a musician. Right? And I hadn't connected the <laughs> dots that were so obvious yet. <laughs> but you were dancing and playing. Yes. So this is when I, like, and I, it's funny, looking Wait, back at old videos. what year was this? This is, like... 2005? 2000, no. Because um, I'm trying to figure out if YouTube existed yet at this point. Yeah, it did. 2005 was when I graduated from high school, went to college. Mm. Um, I went on a mission, so that kind of took some time out of it. And then when I got back from my mission was when I, in 2009, was when I really started to be like, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to, I figured okay. out my sound. I figured got out what it. I want to do. And um, so, yeah, I started doing these little college gigs, you know, where I'm, like, trying to dance and play. And it was super awkward. Like, I look back at those videos. Definitely not good yet. Um, and <laughs> I was still learning. I mean, Did you have a model for that? Did you have someone that you could point to and say, well, this person combined a classical instrument and, and dance? You know, like, it's so unusual. Yeah, Did you just I'm come up with it? I'm not really sure where the idea came from. <laughs> uh, I mean, it really all started, if you want to go back to, like, where I got this idea. I was actually trying to earn money to go to college when I was in my senior year. And I heard about a pageant. It's called the, now it's called the Distinguished Young Women pageant. And it's basically, they look at your grades. They, you have to do a talent. You have to do like the poise or an evening gown, like whole deal. I was kind of a tomboy. And so I was like, well, I can. <laughs> Sounds like a cotillion or something. Yeah. It stresses me out. Yeah. yeah. I, w I was definitely like, I do not fit this mold, but I was, I was like, I'm going to, I think I can do this. I'm mm -hmm. good at interview. You know, I can I can be well spoken, mm -hmm. and I have good grades, and I have a talent. Why not? I can yeah. put on a dress and walk around. Cool. <laughs> and so, but in this competition, when it came down to it, there were so many violinists, wow. classically oh. trained violinists, and yeah, I was like, my deal. we were all about the same level. It was mm -hmm. like, who's gonna just perform well that night? Yeah. Type of thing. And I was like, no, no, I can. I'm gonna do something that's. I want to put myself in a separate category from all these amazing, beautiful 
perfect girls. And so I started, I was like, I'm going to make a little rock song and I'm going to kind of jump around as I play. <laughs> and it was really like very basic, but it was enough that people were like, set Whoa. you apart. Yeah. Set me apart. And I ended up, I ended up winning the thing. Not because I was the best violinist, but because I entertained the crowd, show, and, right. I, and I put on a little, sh- I put on a show, mm-hmm. and that's where it all kind of spawned from. And from, and I remember that moment on stage when I finished, and I heard the audience applause, and it was a different kind of applause than I'd ever heard before. It was like a, Sounds oh my like, gosh, this was fun, right? Not like she hit the notes and it yeah. sounded right, right? Or, you know, <laughs> or that was beautiful and right. stunning, but it was like, yes, that was cool. And I remember thinking in that moment, like. How do I make this my life? Yeah. Like I fell in love with performing in that moment. And so I started chasing it, like, you know, in this time and you know, doing all these gigs. And I ended up going on America's Got Talent. A talent scout from the show reached out to me. They'd okay. seen a little video that was floating on the web. They find stuff. They're good. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, that was not the experience I hoped it would be. I remember thinking, you know, they really tell you when you're on these shows, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is your make or break this is your moment. Like, if it doesn't happen here, like, this is it your It will never happen. It kind yeah. of, in a way. It was like, you have more eyes on you than oh you'll Lord. ever get anywhere else. And Don't blow it. Whoa. So I you were, you're a quarter known. finalist, right? I was. Okay. Quarter finalist. And then you got some kind of tough feedback that yeah. could have sent some people packing. I mean, it nearly did. It was devastating, you know, yeah. like, to be on live TV for my make-or-break moment. Right. I'm surprised that they frame it that way. I would have thought that these people could be... I mean, they have the option to be nice and be like, look, you're on national TV, everyone's seeing you, this is... You're gonna do well. Like, don't worry... But this it probably okay. helps hype the drama of the whole thing if the For contestants you also are up there feeling like, oh my God, this is, you know, it probably yeah, heightens the right. emotions totally. even more. They want to see those emotions on stage. Yeah. Well, you know, and you hear in all the interviews, you know, they interview each contestant and make those little little reels. Yeah. And you hear people, they're saying, like, this is my make or break. Like, they want, they want <laughs> that emotion. That. Yeah. And so that's how they get it. It's yeah, very yeah. much a, you know... It's a mental game, and and performing in general is. And so they really heighten it for you. And I just remember feeling like a million bucks when I walked on the stage Uh because they really hype you up and, like, you're, you know. And then, uh, you know, I got X'd in the middle of my performance. First of all, humiliating. Second of all, I got really harsh, you know, feedback from the judges. How did you receive that? Because the two comments that I sort of understood are, like, it's not marketable, really. And it's too, and it's, like... Too, it's just too hard. Like to do both mm-hmm. of these things really right. well, it's too hard. Which are valid. You know, it's not that wasn't about you. Right. It was about like what you're trying to do is like an impossible feat almost. Right. So like, did you t- did and was part saying of that you- there's no audience for this? Right. Which so, is that my guess is that after you probably felt terrible about it for a minute, you <laughs> were like challenge accepted. Right. Yeah. And, I mean, and your yeah. career now is the result of that. It, totally. In a way, it was very much like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. It took me a minute to bounce back from yeah, that. I was sure. humiliated in front of, you know, just everybody I knew. Anybody I ever <laughs> yeah. met was tuned in that night. And I felt like <sighs> I had failed and I'd blown I'd blown it. And But then that humiliation started to slowly turn into motivation. And I was like, I'm not, you know, and I had watched, watched it back and thought, they're right. I didn't do great. You know, that was okay. not appealing That's to me. of you. It was not. That was not great. But I was like, <laughs> I... It's like my trip to the moon. Like, was it, it's just the, the <laughs> level of difficulty that you were trying to execute. It's just, it's mind-boggling to be like, well, that wasn't, like, perfect. So, well, you like, know, you know, it's just... But my thought was, it was, you know, they were kind of right in a way. But I was like, I... It's not that I'm not good. It's not that right. I'm... It's not that this can't be done. It was like, I need to work 
really, really hard to make sure that no one ever says that to me again. Yeah. You know, and I started working so hard practicing and, you know, trying all these different things. And I remember being super disappointed that that America's Got Talent didn't lead to anything. Like, mm-hmm. millions of people saw me on TV, and yet, like, you know, I was like, someone's going to call, someone's going to email. Some agent saw it and thinks there's something there, but right. nothing. Well, okay, but you were discovered by America's Got Talent on the internet. Right. So you must have had presence on YouTube already. I had one video up that I had... You didn't have your YouTube channel yet, right? Well, it's like I had created a channel. I didn't even know like what a channel yeah, was. Right. Basically, I created a username, <laughs> okay. and I put up a video. Okay. But I didn't understand that YouTube was like, you have a channel. It's not just a username where, like, you know, so you can put up videos. It's like, no, you have a whole... You can create a network. And right. I had no understanding or concept of that. So I had this one video that I'd randomly thrown up just to be like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. And um, and then um, it had gotten quite a bit of buzz, like, you know, but I didn't know what to do with it. Uh-huh. And then I met somebody it was shortly after America's Got Talent. And this is why America's Got Talent was such a huge part of my story is, one, it taught me a lot about, you know, you got to pick yourself up sometime. Yeah. Resilience. The industry's hard. It's mm-hmm. not always the kindest thing. And, um, and even if people don't mean to be mean, it's... You know, it's cutthroat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Right. And when people see something they've never seen before, a lot of the time their reaction is going to be no. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Not you know. doable. Yeah. yeah, this this doesn't fit, you know. Right. And so, yeah, I, I'm grateful for it for that. Also, it's just a great story to tell now. Like, yeah. there you go. <laughs> I love to talk to, like, you know, teenage audiences and tell this story because it's so tangible. And it's like, exactly. don't ever let anyone tell you that you suck or that you're not yeah. good at stuff because... Your worst moment will end up being your best moment in some unforeseen way. 100%. Yeah. And it, that moment actually has given me opportunities in high, you know, since because it's mm-hmm. everybody likes a good, you know, underdog story. So yeah. I'm so grateful for that. But also, a filmmaker named Devin Graham, he was a YouTuber, or he is a YouTuber, uh-huh. Um, found it and he introduced himself to me through Facebook and was like hi I'm a professional YouTuber and I think what you do is really interesting and I'd love to do a video with you and that was the real moment that my life changed I had no idea but I remember just being like question mark professional YouTuber you know and from that conversation like we did do a collab together and he ended up mentoring me and really teaching me what YouTube was and I remember you know, I was starting to feel very hopeless at this point because I was, you know, like I said, I was sleeping in my car when I would do these little gigs and very thankless gigs. Like, literally, you're playing, I was playing in a cafeteria as people were eating food, probably trying to ignore the dancing what kind violinist. of cafeteria? Like, a college like a campus. Like, <laughs> like, you know, like I said, people were trying to ignore. Oh, this is still the college. Yeah. Sure, yeah, okay. Did, wow. What were your aspirations at that time to do what you were doing just on a... Just, you yeah. do what you're doing now, but right. somehow you couldn't see. I mean, I didn't it must know be hard how to dream the about that. dots connected. Right. I didn't know how it would work, but I wanted, I was like, someday I want a tour. I would love to go on my own tour someday, you know, and, you know, just building that dream. And I don't know how I thought it would happen, but I I just wasn't willing to give up on it yet. And it wasn't, I need, I, I need a band to be part of. Like right. It wasn't high school. You didn't say, I, I need people behind me. You just were like, I got this. Yeah, I was like, I, I have this interesting style. Yeah. I really think yeah. it's cool. Someday someone else <laughs> is going to think it's cool, too. <laughs> All right, so fast forward. No, no, okay. Well, <laughs> were the YouTube numbers, did they go up like crazy before Devin Graham and after America's Got Talent? They were pretty consistent because, you know, when you're not feeding a channel, like, you know, you have to continuously feed something. And I just didn't understand what it was. So the YouTube views were, I had that one video and they were pretty consistent. People watched it sometimes. It was not a great representation of what I do anyway. Um, but uh, when I started, like I did this video with Devin Graham, put it on my channel. And because he had a certain fan base already, it was like a perfect 
storm to kind of get eyes on what I did. And I had a quality video for the first time. Was that crystallized? It was not. It was actually great because I, d I had a like little arsenal of a couple videos on my channel by the time I did crystallize. Which, you know, if you have a viral hit on your first something, it's actually kind of detrimental because like... I, I, you know, I don't understand this platform yet. I, you know, you, I threw up this video, it went viral. What do I do now? I don't, you know, there's nothing for other people to look at and say, what else does she have? And so people aren't going to subscribe to one video and people are going to subscribe to a, a, a channel, mm -hmm. a full form of art. And so I was so fortunate that I had all these little videos under my belt. Mm -hmm. I'd probably done about, you know, 10 videos and when Crystallize was released. And by then, I understood the platform. I, I knew the strategies. I had studied it for a year and Ooh, what is it. the strategies? I, I'm, I'm Okay, but I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about the <laughs> movie that's coming out this oh, month. Oh, that's right. That's why I'm here. That is... <laughs> Dara yes, gets carried very, away in the minute-by-minute minute recounting. Okay. <laughs> I am very excited to talk about now. this movie. I, right. I so am, this too. This is what I'm saying. After all of that, you now have 9 million subscribers to your YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. Almost 1.7 billion views on your videos. Just to, like, frame us in crazy. what you are doing <laughs> today. awesome. I still... It's Totally I insane. Get blown away by myself. I can't even I'm fathom that. <laughs> this is when I'm like, how many people are in the world? And yeah, I realize right? I don't like the, no numbers at all because I don't even understand how that's possible. But it's yeah. amazing. Okay, so you have a feature documentary that yes. is about to premiere on YouTube Red. Yes. And like you are the perfect person yeah, to do totally. that. Of course, it makes so much sense. I'm so excited did about it. Did you seek this opportunity out, or did they come to you? Um, YouTube Red, you know, I'm, I'm tight with YouTube. Yeah. They're my yeah. peeps, so they'd <laughs> come to be. me asking me, you know, like, do you want to do something? Like, we're, we're ears if you do. Yeah. And, um, and then when I was ready, I came to them with, I'm, you know, I'm really proud of this show that I'm creating and, um, you know, the, the new album. And, and so there was a story that I felt like I had to tell and yeah. I was really excited to work with them on this. However, when, you know, this was all kind of thought up a long time ago and I had no idea the turn that this documentary was going to take or the chapter of my life. I didn't know what it was going to be. And so it's been really interesting watching this. This year was very up and down and emotional in so many ways for me. And in a way, I'm really glad that we captured it because it was a, I think um, it's a very different side of myself that I've learned about in this last year. And also yeah. um, I think is very relatable. Totally. The trailer is very intense. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, like I said, it, I, I thought evocative. this was going to be much more of a, like, happy-go-lucky, like, I love touring and I'm living <laughs> my dream type of a documentary. Um, but, you know, you never know where life's going to take you. And totally. it turned out that this, you know, this year I went through lots of loss. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, and it, it's, it was just so... Um, I don't know, dividing because I yet I'm living the tr the tour of my dreams and I'm yeah. doing what I love and I'm living my passion. So lucky, so blessed to be doing this and at the same time having to fight through the days sometimes to be, you know, not to be cheesy, but to be brave enough to get up on the stage and, yeah. you know, and smile for, mm. for my fans who are excited to see the show. So I'm assuming that means you really let the camera into your life offstage. Yeah, I, I did. There's there's definitely some heavy moments um, where I'm just incredibly honest with yeah. the camera about, you know, <clears throat> just sometimes even those those emotions affect even how you feel about yourself in mm -hmm. moments. And, you know, so I'm very honest with the with the whole documentary, how I feel about myself and what I'm going through and, you know, the challenges my family was going through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when did it finish shooting? Um, we finished. Uh, gosh, it was in the fall. Okay. Yeah, so we, we basically kind of cover the U.S. tour. Got it. And um, how long was that? 
the U.S. tour, I mean, I guess it kind of covers the world tour. So the world, you know, we went all, I think it was 20 countries. And um, it was a span of, like, the last one was two and a half months, and then the first one was two months. So it was about five and a half months wow. of tour life. So are you not on tour now? I just got home. Yay. Yay. Where is home? Well, I guess I'm not home. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I know it's not New York. <laughs> uh, home is L.A. It is, okay. And, I mean, I guess I say home very loosely. We were out of the States for two and a half months. So got even it. just being, being in, back the in the States. Yeah. I, I mean, it. I just got back from Cuba, so. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. This is very fresh for oh, Very nice to be in New it's, York City. Yeah. <laughs> There's just Running something water. so comforting about, you know, your chain restaurants you love. Yeah. <laughs> you got more than one pair of shoes. All the stupid you know, stuff. the internet. It's awesome. Yeah, it's so nice. Yeah. I know I emailed Dara. I was like, are you getting emails? Five days later, she's like, we did not have internet Zero. in Cuba. I was like, all right. It's, internet I mean, it is amazing. not equal all over the world. Yeah, also that. We forget that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you also are nominated for a couple of Billboard Music Awards this year, right? Woohoo! Woo. Are we going to see you out in Vegas? Yes. All I'm right. excited. Awesome. Are you a Vegas girl? No. Do you Actually, do you take advantage of Las Vegas? You know, it's funny. I... In a way, should I say this? I hate Las Vegas in some ways, but I love it in I others. I agree with you. Okay. Yeah, like, it's okay. The whole, safe like, space. it yeah. happens in Vegas. Yeah, safe space. No one's going to hear this. <laughs> Our secret's safe. But, like, the whole, like, it happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I'm like, no, it doesn't. We're always accountable for what we do, and you guys look ridiculous. <laughs> That's right. Um, uh, but stop carrying your shoes. You shouldn't have worn them in the first place. But it's also, like, the land of, of the... Amazing performer, exactly. entertainer, and no, it's like great big shows for very specific and things. Things. Yeah, yeah. So I'm with you. That's why I'm like I it's hate Vegas, but I love Vegas. I want to play I there, but see shows there, and yeah. someday yes. I want to have a Vegas show because I want to be able to. I'm sure you will. Oh yeah, nothing it was like, makes more sense happening. Yeah. Fingers crossed. That's, that's my plan. That way I can be like a mom, extravagant and costumes. I can have my extravagant costumes. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so yeah, I I love Vegas for that, and the Billboard Awards is one of my favorite award shows like yeah. I just love it I feel like it's it's, fun. it's just fun it's mm-hmm. relaxed mm-hmm. and um billboards has always been so good to me so I'm excited to be there I mean we like to pretend we can take credit for that but it just means your music is good and people <laughs> listen to it so that's all it takes so Ba-da-bing. thank you too. yeah yeah um okay so Lindsay Sterling Brave Enough is the movie that Debuts on May seventeenth yes. on YouTube Red, mm-hmm. so Ooh. check it out. You need a subscription to that. Is yes, that how it works. Yeah, YouTube Red's a subscription platform, okay. but they are making so much amazing content. Like it's not like you're subscribing just for my movie. No, no, no. no. But yeah. they have like you know they have everything from documentaries to to short films to movies. Also, you get um, full access to Google Music, which is cool. a huge plus. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so I mean, it's a really great. Really great platform. I'm I'm super excited that I get to be a part of it. I'm very honored to be a part of it. Are you working on new music? I start next week. <gasps> um, meaning Christmas what? Album. In the studio? Yeah. Christmas album? Oh my yeah. Nice. Just starting uh, to kind of, you know, dabble in that. And okay. I'm super excited to like, I don't know. Originals? Or co- covers? I think I'm going to do a couple originals. But, you know, part of the fun of Christmas is you get to like reinvent classics. Yeah. Totally. And I'm, you know, just reimagine. But, you know, I don't want to take it too far. I'm not I'm not trying to overthink it. I'm like, yeah, I want to yeah. do Christmas like you expect Christmas. Mm-hmm. And Speaking of Michael Buble. Oh, see yeah. what he I mean? He does that well. He does it so okay, well. Okay, so favorite Christmas song? You know what? I might say Carol of the Bells. I wow. love. Oh my god, that'll be amazing. I know. I'm so Is it on the album? <gasps> no, it's gonna be on the oh album. Oh my gosh. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. All right. Look forward to that, yes. guys. Woo-hoo. All right, Lindsay. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you thank guys you. for having me. Good we'll chat. see you in Vegas. <laughs>
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.